Nowadays, we put a lot of AV on the ones and zeros. We have to make sure that it gets there with integrity. They want more features, but they want to see less hardware. We are very much focused on others just as an industry. This is the Market Scale Pro AV Show, hosted by Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Your weekly B2B kickback for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you education, information, and inspiration. Sound check complete. Let's go. Good morning. It's me, your host, Daniel Litwin, here on the first episode of the Market Scale Pro AV Show. I'm really excited for this kickoff. You know, this has been a long time in the making. Um, obviously, we put out a lot of great Pro AV content, and up until now, it's been interview great people, put it together as a podcast, and release it a couple days after. But there hasn't really been a structured weekly schedule. And that's what we're looking to bring with this Pro AV Show, something that y'all in the industry can look forward to. Every Thursday, you're going to get an exciting, holistic piece of dense Pro AV content with news, with interviews, with panels and discussions. Really looking to, I don't know, scratch that itch for the week, basically. So again, looking forward to this first episode. It's going to be a doozy, that's for sure. So here's what to look forward to on the first episode of the Market Scale Pro AV Show. We've got plenty of industry news, including a look at the state of the German audiovisual market and seeing how digital signage is affecting some record revenue for 2018. We're going to have a Pro AV profile on Trey Merritt. He's a rigger for elite multimedia and a self-proclaimed safety guru. He's going to walk us through his love for Woodstock, how that brought him into the industry, and how he's helping set the bar for safety in Pro AV. We're also going to get a fabulous podcast panel with David Venus, CMO at Pixelflex LED, and Ernie Beck, founder of Integrate Baltimore, where the two of them are going to discuss the side effects of Pro-AV. So looking at beyond the aesthetics and the technological innovations um, or the technological specifications for a client, how can a Pro-AV installation, how can digital signage do more than what it's required to do? How can it elevate a community? How can it inspire students to explore STEM fields? How can it increase revenue for your business? How can it engage your employees more? A lot of great stuff that, you know, maybe isn't at the forefront of an install, but is just as crucial. So it's going to be a great show, a lot of content to sift through, that's for sure, but there's something in there for everyone. So pivoting a little bit, something I'd like to do on this Pro AV show as well is discuss my install of the week. Just briefly tell you all about something that I saw that really caught my eye and is representative, at least I think, of great trends within Pro AV. So the one that I'd like to mention to shout out today on the first episode is the Pylon, which is at the Forum Shops at Caesars Palace in Las Vegas. So obviously, Caesars Palace is known for its great interior design, for its unique one-of-a-kind decor. Um, It's pretty iconic. And Simon Mall Properties, which own this forum shops at Caesars Palace, wanted to continue to hammer home that Caesars Palace is one-of-a-kind and the experiences you're going to get there are second to none. So they worked closely with Acquire Digital to create this install that not only empowered shop owners to increase their revenue 
and authentically plug their content, but also create unforgettable memories for customers and just people walking by on the strip. So what they did with Acquire Digital is build this giant screen. It's um, bookended by two Roman pillars, and in the middle is this great just giant video wall. So these Roman pillars aren't built out of stone. You know, they aren't static facades. They're actually covered with pixels. The pixel mapping on it is really intense. And the way that the images can now interact on this seamless curved environment is pretty amazing. Um, it really looks like the marble is flowing like liquid and then it can transition into these metallic tiles that just sort of spring up behind the image. Watching videos on it made me just want to go back to Las Vegas. I was there not too long ago, and this was not up yet. So now I'm trying to find any trade show that's going to put me back in the vicinity of this install because it's just really beautiful. And to me, it really represents this trend of AEC and Pro-AV coming together. And this intersection, more so in my opinion than any other two industries is really seeing an unprecedented convergence. I mean, smaller pixel pitches, more flexible designs, it's all bringing installers and manufacturers and designers to the same table. It's like professionals are having to reach across the aisle and learn from other industries, and it's promoting some really exciting discussion. Actually, an epicenter of this conversation has to be, for me at least, SEGD's X-Lab in Brooklyn, New York, which is happening November 1st and 2nd. Uh, to coincide with Digital Signage Week in New York. So the Society for Experiential Graphic Designs puts this show together to get people in front of real innovative designs around New York City that inspire people to push the boundaries for how AEC and Pro-AV can come together. So now we're actually joined by SEGD president and CEO of OpenEye Global, Brian Mazeros. He is coming on to give us some insight on XLab, give us a little bit of a history on it, why it's so important in the Pro-AV space, and really diving into some of the coolest trends that we're going to see there. So Brian, great to have you on the podcast. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing well. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Let's just jump right in. Why don't you give our listeners sort of a history of XLab, um, how it came to be, and and you know what the the mission is of XLab for the Pro AV space. Sure. So XLab is is a program that's that's put on um, by uh, SEDD, and and for those that don't know, it's the Society for Experiential Graphic Design, and it's a program that was introduced uh, probably dating back to 2012, and and really it came about because the the organization itself is comprised of a lot of different practitioners that that have some connection to the environment, whether they're architects, whether they're uh, brand agencies, interior designers, wayfinding specialists. And what was really happening that we were noticing was that there's this this trend of architects and all those designers wanting to understand more about digital and, and what role does that play and how, did that, how can that get integrated into the space? And so XLab was kind of born out of this idea of having um, a sort of mini conference or a, a two-day affair to where we talked about the intersection of design and technology. We really dived into projects that were going on, practitioners that were diving into it, showcasing some technology innovations, and really giving designers a, a takeaway to say, what you know, how do we learn more about this? How do we instill some of this into our practice? And and how do we get more familiar with where environments are going? And it was it was born out of that way. And every year we we try to live up to the expectation or we, we try to focus on different topics that are that are trending uh, yeah. that we feel are, that are relevant. Well, it feels like such an important show, mostly because I think 
more so than other industries, I think we're really seeing pro AV and AEC combine and and the the barriers are starting to sort of dissolve. I mean, you're seeing pro AV installations and a lot of new, great up and coming design. Um, do you feel like now more than ever having a conference like X lab is really there to create a meeting of the minds and get people motivated and inspired to take this cross section of AEC and pro AV to the next level? Yeah, I, I do. I do. I, I feel like every year I get stronger in saying that. Yeah, you can see the pendulum starting to, to kind of swing over to the other side to where now it's it's just part of that. It's part of every conversation. I've I failed to have met one agency um, that is that has come up to us or that hasn't said that our client is asking for X, you know, give me something digital. I mean, it's such a broad term, but they're like, we want something that is really innovative, that is that is cutting through the noise and it's just becoming so much part of that conversation. And you're absolutely right to your point. It's it's a crossover. So looking at some of the specific trends or applications that you're most excited about at XLab, uh, what do you think really encapsulates this um, merging of design and digital signage? You know, there's always different types of displays. There's always better CMSs. There's, there's always better, um, you know, kind of sensory type or gestural type of interactivities and data visualization and different practices. But I think what, what excites me the most is that you're seeing more environments that we never thought would be primed or ready for something like this to start asking for it, meaning workplace or more museums or themed entertainment or airports. All these environments are thinking differently and putting the 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 person that's crossing through it at the center of the experience. And what I also like is that it's it's changing a differently to where it is it is giving them a narrative. You know, it's like you're 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 putting them in the experience, you're putting them into a story, and you're using technology to bring that to life. Well, it's an exciting time for sure. Looking forward to seeing some recaps on it. Uh, Brian, thanks so much for joining us, and hope X Lab goes off without a hitch. All right, I'm looking forward to the rest of the show. We have a great interview with Trey Merritt. We have a great podcast panel with Ernie Beck and David Venus around the corner. Before we do that, we're going to give you your Pro AV news minutes and news analysis for the day. So here we go. These are your Pro AV news minutes brought to you by MarketScale. Few things are as mind-numbing as waiting for your luggage to show up on the airport baggage claim carousel. Travelers passing through the Melbourne airport will now have an opportunity to pass the time while admiring the newly installed 85-meter-long silicone core LED display. The installation includes Bose Free Space speakers, which will further enhance the immersive experience for travelers, containing a total of 33,600 by 405 pixels, all at a 2.5mm pitch. The wall was a necessary upgrade for the facility, according to Melbourne Airport Chief of Aviation Simon Gandy. Quote, the reality is, we're growing at a rapid rate, handling an average 96,000 travelers each day, and we need to upgrade our assets across all areas of the airport in order to meet the demands of our passengers, end quote. One interesting note on the planned content to be displayed on the board, Melbourne's reputation for celebrating art and diverse design will be reinforced by the presentation of contemporary art instead of yet another wall of revenue-chasing advertisements. It appears that a good way to win not one but two awards at the 2018 AV Awards is to design a product that combines strong functionality, innovative features, and a good price point. That is exactly what WorkPro achieved with their new LightShark console, winning both Control Product of the Year as well as the Production Product of the Year. 
LightShark is the first DMX-based hardware lighting console to incorporate wireless browser-based control from a smartphone or tablet. It can support up to three devices simultaneously and a total of up to eight 512-channel DMX universes. Add in a prepared library of fixture control templates and an intuitive editor, and the praise from the judges seems completely logical. CrowdBeamer captured the distribution product of the year with its presentation sharing streaming technology. The ability to beam a presentation to up to 175 concurrent clients from a single CrowdBeamer in full HD will undoubtedly change the way conference attendees take notes moving forward. We can all agree that is definitely award-worthy. A clearer future is approaching even faster than anticipated, according to the 2018 Micro-LED Next Generation Display Technology Market Report put out by LED Inside. 4K TVs will surpass a 51% market share by 2023, with 8K displays reaching a 10% saturation in the same time frame. These benchmarks will be reached due to the higher brightness, resolution, and reliability of micro-LED technology. There is a bit of a technology bottleneck to resolve first, though. Backplane drive technology will need to evolve as micro-LED has much higher demands on electron transfer and wiring requirements. On the front of the displays, micro-LED splicing technology will need significant advancement in image correction to manage differences in color and brightness in different regions. There are four primary mass transfer protocols that will be competing for their place in the industry as well as a move to the RGB chip application over the current color conversion process. The future will be brighter, clearer, and here before you know it. I'm Sean Heath, and these have been your MarketScale Pro-AV Minutes. A story that caught my eye this week that I wanted to give some time to before we dig into our other pieces of content is something I found on Broadband TV News, and this is a story that says that the German media industry is set to achieve record revenue in 2018. So they have data here in billions of euros since 2013, and in 2013 they were at 9.4 billion, which, okay, still a crazy high number. But looking at 2018, they're set to grow 6.2%, and we're looking at 12.4 billion euros of revenue from teleshopping, TV and in-stream video ads, paid video and paid audio ads, and then radio and in-stream audio ads. So this turnover of audiovisual media content in Germany is pretty crazy. Like I said, 6.7% growth. So the question I really wanted to ask myself was, how does digital signage affect this and play into this in Germany? All right, so we're joined by John Melillo, who is the Senior Vice President of Digital Media at Diversified. John, how are you doing today? Doing very well, Daniel. Thank you so much for giving us some analysis on this news story. So again, for a recap, the German media industry is set to achieve record revenue in 2018. So this is obviously looking at the advertising and the content side of things. But I really do think that there's a correlation between digital signage, between Pro-AV installs, and really some of the innovative ways that manufacturers providers and then the businesses that are looking to utilize this technology are implementing it. So give me your point of view, um, if just in, in general at first, how you see digital signage correlating to increases in audiovisual media revenue. Uh, well, it's, it's an interesting situation. I, I think uh, many people believe that as uh, broadcast media and the radio industry started to see slight uh, downturns uh, two or three years ago. Uh, 
that the digital media industry, digital out of home, would quickly overtake it and surp- uh, surpass it in total revenues uh, from uh, some of the big media organizations doing ad-based uh, placement. What's happened instead, especially in Europe, and we can see it by uh, uh, the revenue survey, is that that's not the case. What has happened is that the large marketing entities are now using stronger placement ability in paid TV and paid video and paid audio and bringing it into that world of omni-channel marketing. And it's all starting to mesh together. Uh, And we're seeing that in the U.S. as well. Uh, Cost per spot is going up as well as revenue is going up for most of the major players in uh, uh, the broadcast industry across all channels. When we look across the seas and we look to Germany, uh, why do you feel like this year now, 2018, is the year where they're going to reach record revenue? Um, and how do you see digital signage and other you know, public space or um, facility installs empowering this growth? I think there's several factors in that. Uh, first of all, that uh, as the economy across the world has gotten stronger, uh, the need and the competition between different market segments has gotten even tighter. So that's one piece of it. The other side of that is that a lot of the technology now has become ubiquitous because of uh, the IP stream. So the place-based media broadcasters are now, everything's digital content. It is much easier for them to spread the message and sell a program that not only includes uh, broadcast rights in certain areas, but then to drop it down into uh, D-O-O-H, digital out of home. So now you can go do your TV feed across, let's say, Frankfurt, and you can also hit 50 malls, uh, two uh, airports, five train stations, all at the same time. So that you can do a, a complete blend of uh, media coverage. And in so doing, you're literally, uh, even the smaller marketer is compla- is um, creating a domination campaign. Right. And what, what I like about it is that, A, it is accessible, but B, the, the areas where you're actually getting to put this advertising, you know, the signage there or whatever the install is, is typically very beautiful or aesthetically pleasing too um, or at least that's the trend we're seeing is that uh, the, the design space and the pro AV space are coming together to create really authentically unique installs and so even more reason for these companies to want to get their products advertised on there or their content streaming on there because it's beautiful to look at and people are gonna have a tough time looking away uh, very true 
and I think that is part of the technological advancements that we've been seeing across uh, the world uh, with uh, not so much bigger is better, but more immersive is better. So now you take what you've created for television, radio, and you're dropping that type of brand or product messaging into a much more immersive environment. I mean, brands are bound and determined to create immersive narratives that inspire, engage, and connect. So we're using the physical space, the digital space, and turning it into a multi-sensory experience. And it's the technology that's driving that. It's the great agencies that are working to that for their, uh, uh, their partner brands. And it's all coming together as one. And you're seeing that in mo the most interesting of places. And, it, you know, in the old days, I would think most people would say, well, it's only the very top level brands that can do that. That's not the case because you can, as a smaller brand with the right marketing plan, create that immersive experiencing using someone else's hardware in that mall, in that airport, and you become part of that halo effect of all that technology. At the same time, you're getting that con consistency of feed in a, in a radio message, in an audio place message. People are disregarding uh, background music companies and they shouldn't because even in that world, the technology has gotten so much better where we are doing place-based media where what was pure background now we're dropping ads into that same uh, technology. And it's just always crazy to see the way that the technological advancements affect the content. So, you know, the, people definitely shouldn't be differentiating the two. They really coexist. And it's exciting to see that Germany is going to reach record revenue this year. And hopefully we see a lot of those same trends uh, hitting here in the United States as well. So thanks, John, for giving your insight on this. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. Innovative ProAV solutions power some of the most unforgettable live events, but it's often easy to forget the people on site that make each of those shows possible. The stage managers, the riggers, the installers, their stories, what brought them into the industry, and what inspires them can be as memorable as the concerts and shows they put together. In this ProAV profile, we sit down with Trey Merritt, rigor and safety guru for Elite Multimedia Productions. With more than 40 years of experience in the industry, Merritt has seen it all. He toured with Molly Hatchett in the late 70s, worked on Michael Jackson's Thriller, Journey's Escape Tour, and more. While touring with Journey, he met the late tour production legend Benny Collins, who became his mentor for 35 years. His experience is deep and meaningful, but the story of what got Merritt into Pro-AV and how that fire has evolved into a passion for safety is even better. My name is Trey Merritt. I'm a rigger with Elite Multimedia in Nashville. Uh, 
I guess for me right now, life safety is first and foremost. Tell me about this Woodstock movie that really caught your attention, and what about it inspired you to join the pro-AV industry? I guess I saw it, oh Lord, the first time I was probably, I don't know, 11 years old, maybe 12, but uh, my parents took my best friend and I to the movie theater, threw us out of the car and said, we'll be back. We went and saw Woodstock. Uh, and I guess, I don't know why, but there's a scene in the movie um, it, where a hippie uh, is standing on the base of a super trooper spotlight that's being hoisted by a crane to the top of a scaffold tower. And, uh, I told my best friend at the time, I said, that's what I'm going to do when I grow up. And of course he proceeded to blow Coke out his nose laughing at me. But 2009, I was one of the stage managers for the 40th anniversary of Woodstock in Golden Gate Park, San Francisco. So, uh, you know, I'm one of the, the, the lucky few that actually got to live their childhood dream, I guess. And, and once again, it all goes back to answering the phone at four o'clock in the morning when you should probably have let it ring. Um, a close friend of mine introduced me to a gentleman on the West coast and, uh, they told me they were going to do the 40th of Woodstock. And after I got through laughing, uh, they started sending me information and looping me in and, uh, come to find out to be one productions was serious. And, uh, they uh, they pulled it off at Golden Gate Park. Uh, I'm probably a walking expert on uh, Woodstock and its stupid implications of our industry. I know personally it inspired you, but what did Woodstock do for the industry? Did it have a particular effect that now you can see resonating 40, 50 years later? Well, it gave us a great guideline on what we don't want to do for a festival. Um I mean, the whole thing was, by our standards today, a joke. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they uh, Michael pulled it out of his backside. Uh, once again, it was a series of crazy coincidences. Uh, they got kicked out of one site. Uh, Mr. Yasker offered him the farm. Uh, he made everybody in this town hate him. Uh, typical rock and roll. Uh, but it, it proved that, um, you know, when we all band together, that uh, we can pull off the impossible. You couldn't do it today. Um, it, it would cost, I think they were $3.3 million in debt at the close of the show. If you were to do it today, you would probably be $30 million in debt. Um, not only that, you would probably be sitting in jail for violating so many laws and regulations. It's not funny, but you know, the music had to happen. So, uh, they made it happen. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 Scott, if it's stupid or dangerous, I've probably done it at least twice, if not more. And I just, I, I like the sense of adventure. Of course, now, now if you got caught doing that, you'd be facing a few thousand dollars in fines, yourself, not to mention your employer, would be getting a, a massive fine handed to him. So, uh, you know, things have changed.
yeah, I think it's really interesting that what drew you into the industry in the first place was that sense of danger, that thrill. But now you've almost completely flipped your mentality on it. And you're actually one of the biggest proponents of safety in pro AV rigging. I know people within elite multimedia and you yourself refer to, you know, your your persona as a safety guru, which is wonderful. I love that. So what was one of those moments that really locked it in for you that the community needed to refocus on safety and make it a top priority? And you know, when did that really sink home for you as an individual changing your mindset on the industry? I guess the, the one, the, the, the final nail in the coffin was, uh, August 19th, 2011, 7.58 p.m. in Indianapolis, Indiana, where uh, seven people were killed and 58 injured uh, at the Indiana State Fair, the Sugarland stage collapse. That was a slap in the face. Uh, up until that point, um, if you had said OSHA, any one of us probably would have looked at you and gone, who? Um and I had already started looking into it because in the off days, I used to climb cell towers and that's governed by so many OSHA regulations. It's not funny. And, uh, I started looking at the, the tower work versus building a stage, building a, a roof, hanging a piece of truss. And, uh, it, it was all pretty much the same thing. It, it may have been from vertical to horizontal or, uh, you may not have antennas hanging off of it, but uh, all in all, it's the same thing when you go home and lay down each night. And uh, I uh, I started looking into uh, you know, OSHA's requirements for uh, for rigging, whether entertainment or steel or um, anything that involved lifting overhead. In making those tough decisions, you know, how do you personally try to promote safety at Elite Multimedia? And then beyond that, you know, what what do you do to really ring home that you're the safety guru? Well, it's always been, you know, the show must go on. And uh, we've now come to the realization that the show must not always go on. Well, first and foremost, I, I continually educate myself um, you know, with OSHA. Um, rules and regulations are constantly changing uh in our industry new equipment comes out daily if not weekly um and you know i will say the company as a whole um they stand behind me if, if if we hang something if it's if it's higher than six feet in the air um before it can even be sold or started on, um, they have to send me complete drawings of the, uh, of the plot along with lighting, and I do a weight calculation chart um, first and foremost to make sure that we're within uh, acceptable guidelines for the hoists and the truss. Um, and then after that, we go through and, uh, you know, make, make sure that it's feasible that if there's moving parts, uh, that they're not going to hit first off the, the talent or the artist. Uh, and secondly, that they're not going to run into each other and cause catastrophic failure or a chain reaction that brings down everything, including the building. 
you know, as a rigger, I've done, I've had to do every possible job imaginable in this industry, not necessarily because I really wanted to, but uh, I, I was the poor sucker that was there. And once again, the show had to go on. Find a mentor. You know, I, I'm a firm believer in on-the-job training. Find find someone that's willing to give you the time of day and learn. School teaches you the basics, but it doesn't teach you what it doesn't teach you about life. It doesn't teach you about reality. Um, it, it doesn't tell you that you're going to have 22-hour days. Uh, you know. This industry's hard work. It's not all glam and partying with the artist. Uh, we start at 7 a.m. and it's been 7 a.m. before when I've gotten back on the bus because something went wrong. Um, you know, if you don't love it, this industry will will weed you out all by itself. Both, uh, you know. Uh an ominous thing, but at the same time, an encouraging thing that the industry is built around passionate people. Oh, we're the largest, most dysfunctional family in the world. <laughs> if you had to give them just like one, one last thing to say as your outro for the profile piece, what would it be? Shut up and pull the rope. <laughs> I love it. All right. Thanks again, Trey. And now for our main feature for the first episode of the Market Scale Pro AV Show is a podcast panel with CMO of Pixelflex LED, David Venus, and founder of Integrate Baltimore, Ernie Beck, who are coming together to discuss the side effects of Pro AV, looking beyond the technology and the aesthetics and finding the innovative and intricate and community-inspired ways that Pro-AV and digital signage can bring people together and provide some unexpected results. Enjoy the piece. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this next Market Scale podcast panel. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B, and I'm really excited to dig in to this new panel. We've done one before where we spoke to three wonderful women Sarah Dusick, Sarah Dendashi, and Megan Sprague talking about the impact of digital communities on business and on separate industries, hospitality and food and beverage specifically. But now we're approaching something completely different, and this time we have just men on, so completely flipping the switch, and we are looking at the side effects of Pro-AV. And that is really looking at, besides just the technology, right, meeting a specification, or providing beautiful aesthetics to a space, how can digital digital signage specifically add value to a community, to a business, um, you know, increase revenue. There's plenty of options here for how to explore this topic, but we wanted to narrow it down to two specific people. We're going to be speaking to David Venus and Ernie Beck. So I'm going to go ahead and introduce both of them and get this conversation started because I am excited to dig in. Ernie, how are you doing today? I'm good, Daniel. Thanks for having me. So you work in Pro-AV Design Consultation at Capture Design Group, but more philanthropically, another part of what you do, and really the reason why I wanted to bring you on this podcast, is you're the founder of Integrate Baltimore, which is a nonprofit that aims at getting students more excited about STEM fields, and in turn, more excited about joining the Pro-AV industry. So I'd love to know, and I think our audience and the other guests would love to know, sort of a brief rundown of what inspired you. Give us that rundown. Really, it all started off as a, as a way for me to get together with other pro AV colleagues, friends, 
in the industry locally in my community. Over time, it sort of morphed into more of a philanthropic venture because, you know, we're getting together. For us, it was a way to sort of grow the group. And so we started inviting more people out. And, and with that um, came this idea of, hey, you know, we could get some students out here and, and entice them to get in the industry. And sort of at the same time, the trend in the industry is that there's labor shortages for qualified pro-AV employees. And so it sort of just felt very logical to make that something a little bit more formal and really try and get kids who are already interested in STEM and technology into Pro-AV. And a lot of the kids are really interested in it. Definitely. Well, especially when you hear from so many professionals that they either fell into the industry, like they just stumbled on it by accident or whatnot, like no one guided them to Pro-AV. And now I think we're seeing a revolution in that. We're seeing organizations like yours really try to get students excited, especially with those labor shortages. And our other guest on the panel today is David Venus. David, you are the CMO at Pixel Flex LED. David, how are you doing today? I'm, uh, I'm great. It's Wednesday. We're halfway through the week and uh, looking forward to the conversation today. Honestly, I don't think I've met anyone quite as excited about Pro-AV installations as you. You've always got some great idea to toss out. What drives that excitement for you every day? I think you'll find I'm a pretty passionate individual, both on the touring live event side. Uh, and that's what really drove my interest into, you know, it, people are going to big events and concerts and all that stuff. And, and there was some really great visual, you know, applications that was going on there and how that all transitioned to the real world. All right, y'all. So let's go ahead and jump right into the main topic here, the side effects of Pro-AV. So David, let's start with you. In the Pixel Flex, you really pride yourself at bringing unique and dynamic installations. I want to start with the interactivity of these installations. So how do you approach interactivity of these displays? Interactivity is really all the rage right now, and it can really create an experience that is unforgettable for the user and uh, you know but at the same time so can implementation with great content and deployment without that interactivity you really have to dig down and find out if if that application is going to be worth it and if it's going to deliver that return interactivity is not just purchasing more expensive hardware right because you have to you have to buy leds or lcds with interactive elements and drivers and computers behind that but you also have to pay for someone to create that interactive content. And that's a very tangible and expensive cost. So, you know, if it's done poorly, you, you know, could that money have been used to, to say, make just a better looking display? Honestly, if you're not careful, it, it can seem bolt on from the beginning with or without interactivity. So, mm -hmm. you know, that's where I feel like it comes down to the companies in which you work with. You find quality in a partnership when they ask the right questions and try to understand what you're trying to accomplish. So the solution is cohesive from the beginning and it doesn't feel like a bolt-on. So we worked with uh, the X Games back, I want to say last year, the year before, and they wanted to create some type of you know digital marketing activation that would allow them to feel like they're in a space and play the Fruit Ninja app, but in real life. And for them, it was about increasing activations and awareness of a cause, which that cause happened to be uh, childhood bullying. Implementation of interactivity for them increased their activations from the previous year almost by 75%. So when done well, just like I think Ernie and I both said, it can drive a lot of success 
in numbers to really give the value back to the company that is investing the money into this type of solution. Why do you think the interactivity had such a giant increase in activations. People aren't used to seeing interactivity on a large scale. This allowed them to kind of step within a semi-curved wall. It kind of created this parabolic feel where you stepped into the space. And uh, unless you turn 180 degrees around and looked out the backside of the screen, you felt like you were actually in the game. I just think it was an extremely different approach. And when you do think truly outside the box like that, I think anybody would see positive impressions. So Ernie, we've had other people on the podcast before talking a bit about Pro-AV and getting students excited for STEM. We had someone on named Clint Burgess, and he was chatting to us about how institutions in Texas are really realizing that there is a, you know CTE potential here, career technical education, from introducing AV into uh, their stadiums. So they're bringing these great high-quality digital signage solutions to their <laughs> multi-million dollar stadiums because North Texas, we love our high school football. Beyond just providing a state for sponsors and donors to get their uh, insignias lit over the entire crowd. They're also providing a great platform for students to experiment and learn the behind the scenes of how all of this works. How are you seeing that same kind of thing? Pro-AV is such a natural part of STEM education, but also at the same time, it's it's sort of a natural conversation to say if you're into this type of technology, but you also happen to like the audiovisual side of things. And, and many of these kids do because they, they're building you know, robots, they're putting together their own drones. To them, the idea of AV is sort of like, oh, well, I already know how to do this because I'm setting you know AV up at home for my video game. In the nonprofit space, you know, these, these nonprofits are very much built on their social impact. AV is not only used to help them further their mission, whether they're communicating with, um, you know, caseworkers in, in different cities, but also showing signage and content and interactive content that is putting up their social impact metrics. What I'm seeing now is that's also being turned into signage that can be displayed around that their facility so that if you know people are walking through, they're not only getting a feel for the brand of the organization, but they're also getting a very tangible understanding of the uh, social impact that they're having. Right. You're getting to see, wow, check out the impact here. Check out how they displayed it. Right. It's easy to consume and you're gaining that tangible knowledge and is putting you in the right mind frame before you sit down to discuss, you know, handing over your money to this nonprofit organization. Yeah. I worked with a, a, a nonprofit uh, here in Baltimore that put um, inter an interactive video wall in their lobby. So let's say they're having a, uh, a fundraising gala in that space. Now they have this interactive element, which has their social impact metrics up there and ready so that as the night goes on and people are enjoying themselves and getting relaxed in the space, they can interact with the content and it, they can really see firsthand, right? It's, they're not getting anecdotal discussions about how they do things. It's sort of like, oh, look at this. They're, they really are having an impact here. I actually think the social impact stretches a little bit farther than just external to the company or organization as well. Social impact really does apply to internal channels as well. So creating a work environment in which you know people are proud to be in and 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 a, and a company that they're they're proud to work for. I mean, we we did a project out in Silicon Valley earlier this year that you know the company invested so much money into what they call like their, I think they called it their data visionary center that uh, not only is it used internally and externally, but it's a place where 
you know, clients can come. It's a place where employees can come and you know feel like they're 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 proud to be a part of a company. Uh, you know, so that really that that social impact does reach more than just outside, but internally to the company as well. Well, I think that just goes back to the way Pro AV can expand a community. The signage works best when you almost don't realize it's doing that for you. It's just part of the experience, you know, whether you're interacting with it, whether it's just there to look at, it's all coming from this subconscious level and it's tapping into, you know, it's tapping into you as a person, as a consumer, as a client, whatever. It's tapping into you authentically. And I think that's really the most important piece to pull from all this. If, if there's a story, uh, David, maybe of a time when you really saw digital signage bring returns for a company. Um, I know we talked more about the aesthetic experience with the other example you gave, but something that, or you worked with them as a client, you brought digital signage to their space, and then it was actually able to increase sales or you know, make employees more productive or something like that. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, we've we've over the last several years grown significantly in the retail space and. Uh, you know, really actually the first client that came to us to look for a, a solution, they, they were actually seeing dwindling sales and they came to us right before Black Friday and, you know, obviously a very, very quick turnaround. They said, we have 50 stores that we want to get displays in to try and pull traffic into the store or pull traffic to certain places within the store where we know items are a higher profit margin. And obviously we know how important that time of year is to a retailer. We pulled through and, and ended up putting uh, at the end about 100 displays in their top 100 stores, which actually accounted for over 60% of their total revenue. And they saw an upwards of 50 to 55% increase in sales in those 100 stores. Wow. Love that. I mean, yeah, love seeing those direct returns because I think that just brings more value to the industry as a whole. I think those side effects, right, of bringing ProAV to your space are really exciting and honestly some of the most unique applications for digital signage. Well, I think Ernie will echo this. Sorry, Ernie, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but uh, it... Our goal as as Pixel Flex and really as a manufacturer, um, and you know, obviously this plays to I think what you know Ernie is trying to do with his 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 clients as well. But if we aren't looking at what the marketplace is looking for, we'll never be able to provide the ability to create a, you know a solution that anybody would want. As a, as a consultant, I think a lot of companies will will come to the table and say, "Well, we want to do this," right? And, and so I think. You know, it's it's easy. It's it's easy, but it's it's relatively easier to um, sort of just you know take a wall and and fill it with fill it with light. Um, it's it's another story to get to the why are we doing this? What are our what are our uh, measurements of success here? What's how are we going to gauge if this is a, a successful deployment? And I think the other point of that too, and and part of the reason why I'm a design consultant is because uh, and why my job is so exciting these days is because LED and and Pro AV has grown so much and has has become so powerful and flexible in its in the types of installations that you're doing, you know, seeing what what implementations have done, you know, across the board from from Pixel Flex and from other LED manufacturers. It's it's really amazing. It's an amazing time to to um, be in the industry. It's an amazing time to enter the industry for all those for all those, you know, people looking to maybe make a career transition or, or looking for a technology field to get into. 
But the things you see with LEDs and displays and signage, it's really sort of a, a brand new horizon. It's it's uh, it's exciting. Well, hey, I want to thank both of you, Ernie and David, for joining us on this Market Scale podcast panel, really digging into the side effects of Pro AV, um, looking at how that great technology can not only provide beauty, can not only provide some technical specifications that a client was looking for, but can really engage a community and can bring actionable value to your business. So again, Ernie, thank you so much for coming on. David, thank you so much for coming on. We always enjoy working with you on these podcasts and looking forward to getting you on your next Market Scale podcast panel. My pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks again, Daniel. All right, everyone. Unfortunately, that does it for today's episode of the Market Scale Pro AV Show. I really enjoyed this content. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed that panel. Um, I love Socratic seminar style discussions. That's sort of my word of the day or the week or maybe even the month here at the office. Uh, you know, when I was in school, that was always what I looked forward to the most was authentic conversation on a really intriguing topic. So... Why not bring that to the B2B space? So again, thank you everyone for listening to this episode of the Market Scale Pro AV Show. And if you'd like to read some supplemental material, listen to future episodes, or find some of our other content, you can head to marketscale.com industries and subscribe to podcasts, articles, and video content from your favorite industries. If you enjoyed the episode, leave a rating and comment wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time.